welcome to the third episode of the Bass Solo podcast. Today I'm gonna be talking a little bit about, well, the same things as last week, but then update. So my practicing schedule, a little bit of a song cover project I had last week, and maybe some gear stuff, maybe some other practicing things. And uh, first of all, before I start doing uh, a little music thing as I do, I would like to say, if you're listening to me on Spotify, you can also find me on YouTube, where there's this podcast and other content. And if you're on YouTube, you can find this podcast on Spotify also. So, let's get right down to the music part. Thank you. 
Yeah. That was a little uh, chord progression thing I made up. Um, I think last night when I <laughs> tried to record this podcast for the first time and uh, <laughs> it didn't really go anywhere. Now I have a bit of a plan for today and let's see if I can keep to it. But yeah, so there was a lot of stuff going on last week and it has concluded during the past week. I uh, talked about, uh, started talking about my practicing routine and wanted to give you listener a little bit of a new piece of uh, training I'm doing at the moment, trying to com- combine uh, different ways of thinking about the melodic minor modes and also doing the four finger technique thing that I've been working on for a for a while. So as I showed you in the first episode, I played a little bit of the uh, all the C major modes in sequence. So now uh, started doing that with the melodic minor, C melodic minor in this situation and also combining it with playing it in uh, in a way thinking it in um, 16th notes uh, in a usually a pretty slow tempo thinking of it getting all the four fingers to do one of the 16s and well yeah just uh, warming up and practicing the moving throughout first of all the modes and then the strings and then moving to the next mode and trying to m- uh, and moving up the neck and then coming back down and uh, you might if you want to know about this exercise you can hear about it in a major context uh, in the in the first episode but yeah I'm a I'm probably gonna give you a little bit of a taste of what I mean here. So it's C melodic minor uh, in thirds. Mm-hmm. 
so a little bit of a f <laughs> uh, little bit of a fumbling there in the first but yeah so i'm climbing on the c minor mode through all of my six strings on this bass and then coming back down all the strings on the next mode the d and then the e flat mode again up and i usually do that throughout the whole uh, all of the modes so i climb up until the 12th fret, fret and then uh, if i have time i might do it again but in a reverse order coming back down but yeah uh, not haven't done much of a uh, warming up today uh, didn't really pack practice yet today uh, had a had a couple of long lessons going on throughout the day so sounded kind of awful but it usually <laughs> it usually gets at least a bit better than that the four fingers are uh, quite annoying to get like in a full working order and b i've been trying to concentrate on playing slower more methodically methodically and really thinking about all the all the notes i'm playing in in a sense that uh, what they actually sound like how my right hand uh, is playing them so that for example the uh, ring finger uh, would sound pretty much the same as the thumb which is the strongest finger i think in this con uh, configuration That was my thumb and ring finger. Now it felt a little bit uh, better, but uh, it does lose. It doesn't have that much stamina. So just doing that was pretty diffi difficult. Maybe a little bit too fast, I have to say. Should concentrate and uh, concentrate and do it slower. yeah stuff like that that's been going on uh, in the in the uh, technique training method uh, that that came uh, around in the um, couple days before now so i haven't been doing that the whole week but i have been training the four finger technique before and what the, what comes to the uh, practice routine so last week I said I missed a couple of days on the first week of the new training resume and uh, cycle and now the second week has passed and uh, the first cycle has ended 
so dramatic. But yeah. And on the second week, yes, I did probably lose a couple of whole days of practicing the schedule for a project I did last week for my own amusement. So yeah, I did spend the time on the instrument. So um, it's not completely wasted, obviously. But I didn't follow the uh, regime, my new training thing. So that's kind of bumming me out right now. I I want to put. I need to put to work to be able to keep my training schedule going on, so it goes forward all the time. And then, if I do additional projects, they uh, that needs to like slide in somewhere. And I really want to keep. Uh, training schedule in mind. I think it's really important now to keep doing these basics every day and getting them really into my into my playing all of these scales harder and easier and all of these I'm training all these two five ones and uh, to do this uh, and train on my uh, no note reading and uh, ear playing it's also so important and and when i have a training schedule like i have now and a set clear goal to go in what i need to learn right now it's i think it's really important to keep a hold of that even though music is uh, it can be just uh, like playing all the fun stuff and I try to say that spending time with the instrument is the most important thing and obviously it is but um, when you're trying to do music like professionally I think you uh, I think everyone needs to do at least a little bit of the uh, things they don't necessarily want to do at least some point their career gotta learn th those scales or gotta learn note reading or gotta even do some gigs at some point in your career and then you get yourself in a point where if it isn't your style and you actually hate it you might have the chance to uh, not have to do it because you get to dictate what you do in your career obviously but probably at some point you're gonna have to do some stuff in music that you don't care about as much. And I think that's just the reality of it at some points. Yeah, and I'm uh, probably so melodramatic right now, but uh, I, don't I don't mean it that this schedule and practicing I'm doing is actually hard or that there's a lot of it per day. I think uh, last week I also said that uh, it's only a three-hour schedule for each day. That is quite a lot of practicing, but um, there's still a lot of work hours in a day and my days <laughs> aren't very filled right now because, well, I'm not going to gigs, don't really have band practices, don't have big uh, group musical productions 
right now. So it's really not a problem to spend those hours on the instrument and even some more. So I'm not afraid that I'm not gonna do this at all, even if I want to do some other projects. I just need to get my head straight straight on the fact that I need to schedule these things and think about that I at least I do the three hours and then uh, some of the other projects I want I want to do and um, if it takes a couple of days more to get that additional project done uh, then that's it that's okay as long as I do the uh, practicing I have scheduled scheduled for the day that's uh, that's a really important thing to me so yeah that's kind of the practice rant of today <laughs> although I haven't done the practice routine for this day but then again it's it's only uh, uh, something over for right now as I'm recording this so I have I have hours to I have time I have time for today too even though I had those big lessons yeah so why did I miss a couple of days of practice last week well I also it's not a surprise I totally spoiled it last week uh, well, I, I was talking about the Anthony Jackson baseline I was learning so I finished that in a couple of days and then did a YouTube video cover on it that you can find on my channel uh, Severi Lehtimäki on YouTube it's a Michel Camilo song One More Once bassist yeah, uh, Anthony Jackson and well, not the main part of the song is it's not the most difficult. It's the uh, song is a basic uh, the chord progression is a uh, pretty normal G major blues. And but uh, there's a it I think it's a, like a Michel Camilo big band record. There's a lot of members going on, but uh, Anthony Jackson finds himself a lot of good moments at the ends of the progression to do some uh, pretty fast leaks and fills while keeping the six-string massive bass uh, Paul muted the whole time. It's, it's one of those songs in his stylings. So there, those were the most difficult things to learn. I have to say, definitely. So, like that, just to demonstrate the muting, the basic bass line goes like. Thank you. 
a little something at the end. But yeah, lots of the palm muting just going on everywhere. And uh, he does it really well with his massive string spacing and all that. And he has trained for years. But what really intrigued me on the song with the fast uh, including with the fast fills and uh, cool stuff like that was the fact that uh, I'm playing a uh, Dingwall six string bass as my main instrument so it's a multi-scale so uh, finding I really tried to uh, in addition uh, to playing well in in good time and all that in the song i really tried to find the uh, the best muting spots on all this all of my strings obviously but the hard thing is as a multiscale it's it changes i need to as as i'm moving my hand up and uh, up and down to go uh, through the strings because obviously you can't mute all of the strings at once and you know with a real palm mute but uh, I also had to move it the hand a little bit left right so that uh, the upper strings if I just go straight up and down uh, the part that's um, the lower strings, ha uh, how do I say it? Um, on the parts where the lower strings are nicely muted, there, if I go straight down, I stop being on the string by like the D string. Oh, D string is a little bit, but there is no mute on the G string, as you might understand if you look at a picture of a ding wall or play a multi-scale instrument yourself. So I really uh, tried and had to figure out a little bit of a new technique thing of doing this song and keeping the palm mute going on, even on the faster things. So that was pretty interesting. Didn't, uh, wouldn't have really thought of it myself i think in well obviously palm muting isn't a technique you need all the time but i do really uh, enjoy the technique but in my own riffs and jam sessions i do where i'm just playing as you hear in this podcast on my own i don't really do that type of movement it really uh, i think it was a really good thing to find a playing style and the mindset of someone who plays the six string but obviously thinks in a whole, whole different manner such as Mr. Anthony Jackson so now that I have studied his baseline I'm baseline I'm really thinking about the six string bass in a uh, different way now where I need to if I'm to play a multi-scale bass, I really need to try out and lock on to the, be 
sweet spots on like the I really need to think about how the multiscale affects my sound. Um, although the hand in a normal uh, in an in normal playing it kind of goes with the instrument and I don't think it's obviously it's playing the basses and the sound is always linked to the position of where your right has and is on the strings but I think the muting is really bringing it to the surface right now and that's really uh, was really fun and cool and I'm gonna try to probably try to do a couple more Anthony Jackson covers at some points to really hone out these features he also he just has such a pure and uh, pure and clean technique on the six string even though it's a massive massive instrument and stuff like that I'm the whole thing I'm gonna have to that the fact that he that he uses the pole muting uh, so often and also plays with a pick so often gonna gonna need to find a song where he specifically uses that and try to absorb the information I think I think the mindset of if there are tools that could be useful nothing is prohibited so a pick on a six string bass six string Anthony Jackson contrabass is not a wrong thing uh, even if you're outside the metal genre which is I think is really cool because the pick does have a different sound but I'm gonna see maybe at some point I'll look those up I am more inclined to the uh, different uh, finger techniques as I am trying to learn the four finger technique to be uh, proficient at it in all music and to be able to go from two to three to four fingers in whatever manner I want and then I think it might be time for a little more picking action and stuff like that and the palm muting is a whole different thing also and stuff like that really uh, surprisingly intricate thing things going on right now along with the fumbling and scrambling I'm doing with like the more soloistic stuff that's going on with my 251 practices and trying to learn how to solo in the olden jazz ways the bebops using the chromatics and all all things like that where I'm just fumbling because my mind isn't keeping up and then this where I'm fumbling because my fingers can't keep up S- but I am pretty pr- proud of the cover song and it the original is a really great one 
I urge you to go and listen to that that album and uh, anything by Michael Michel Camilo with and without Anthony Jackson. All that. I think I don't know if there's a bad song anywhere there, and especially when Anthony Jackson is involved, and especially from a bass perspective, there's a lot of good things going on. Anthony is one of those, I think, rare players. He has really made a weird but large change to the bass world, uh, creating the whole six-string bass instrument and then perfecting it. I think that's because That's he sees that all the folds equally, he, you know, he has no reason really to keep cool it a secret. I think that could be a kind of an interesting storyline to go down in the future. And if that did happen, then would all the other successive chapters of the Dark Angels really who support no the Fallen and keeping secrets, would they turn on this chapter and then maybe hunt these chapters as like heretics or something? That Again, that could be cool. It's just me brainstorming off the top of my head. And the last one we're going to be talking about today are the... Holy, like fully as uh, Anthony does. Like... There's a lot of great six-string six string players, obviously, and I enjoy pretty much all of them, but Anthony has that kind of a different thing to his technique. Maybe because he's one of the rare ones on the six-string that don't really do solo stuff and, well, obviously does solos, but isn't one of those solo-inclined people. And obviously, isn't one of those that I listen to. I do really enjoy all the flashy, jazzy, fusiony stuff going on in the bass world. But he's one of those players that just plays everything with just st such style, and in a style that only the six-string can really bring. I guess that's pretty much it for this week. Gonna try to go with my gonna probably gonna do my practice routine now that I am ending the um, got done with this podcast. I hope you listening keep training, 
keep listening and keep enjoying the bass or any other instrument you're doing. I th I'll see you <laughs> or you'll hear me in a week. Thank you. S hear ya. <laughs>